What do you want me to say at your funeral? Or what do you want to be said about you? Now, that seems like a little bit of an odd question, but after a funeral last week, one of our members came up to me and said, you know, Pastor, you should preach a funeral sermon on Sunday morning. I said, why is that? She says, because in those funeral sermons, you have the most important thing we need to hear, that vital life-giving information. And that's true, because in our funeral sermons, we talk about Jesus and the life that we have through him. We explain now how his perfect life replaces our sinful life, how his death has brought us forgiveness for all of our sins, and how his resurrection assures us of our eternal life and resurrection. Hopefully you hear that all Sunday, every Sunday, and, and not just in a funeral sermon. You know, but at a funeral sermon, people like to focus in on that particular person. They want to hear things about them. And so we try to make those funeral messages personal too, but we talk about their faith. Their faith in their Savior, Jesus. So this morning, I don't want to preach a funeral sermon to you, but I do want to talk about your faith, your personal faith in Jesus Christ. The scripture reading that we heard before is going to be the basis for our messages for the rest of summer. Under the theme, Character Counts, we heard how the Apostle Peter told us to make every effort to add to our faith. And then he listed these Christian characteristics of virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfast endurance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and Christian love. Well, this morning, I want to start out with that very first element that he was talking about, and that is faith. Now, throughout the next few weeks, as we talk about all of those characteristics, we're going to use the illustration of a tree that's planted and how it grows and how that can illustrate all those different characteristics of the godly Christian character. But for today, I want to talk about the dirty truth. That is, about the soil, the faith that from which springs all these characteristics. And to do so with a phrase that the disciples used with Jesus. Lord, increase our faith. Jesus talked about our faith when he used the parable that we sometimes call the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils. Let's take a look at that this morning as it describes for us our faith. From Luke chapter 8. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Now Jesus explains that story for us. This is the meaning of the parable. 
The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Jesus, with this parable of the soils, is talking about faith, or we might say the condition of the heart. You see, that seed was scattered all over. It fell on all sorts of different soils. There was nothing wrong with the seed because, as Jesus tells us, that seed is the Word of God. And we know that the Word of God is perfect and powerful. The Apostle Paul tells us the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. So the seed is not in question, but the condition of the soil is. And that soil he uses to illustrate the condition of our hearts. He spoke of four different types of soils, and, and we want to look at those soil types today and examine our own heart and ask simply the question, what kind of soil are you? So let's look, first of all, at examining these soils. And as we do that, we're going to be examining the condition of our heart. Now, three of the soils that he spoke of were not good. There were problems. And with that, he's describing three heart or spiritual problems. Let's take a look at each one of those first. Here's the first one. Jesus said a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. He explained that. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. With this, Jesus is describing a heart we might call calloused. It's become hard and unbelieving. Simply put, it's when the ideas, when, when the thoughts uh, or the teachings of this world that contradict the truth of God's word stomp on that truth in our minds and in our hearts. It's when those teachings of the world that contradict God's truth get into our mind and then into our heart that our heart becomes hard and rejecting of what God's truth says. Let me give you some examples. One would be what we call pluralism. The idea today that people say, well, any religion is fine. Just pick your religion. They're all the same. They'll all lead you to God. And then they will say, but... Don't, don't put your religion against another one and, and say that that one is wrong. That's not kind, and that's being conceited. Just be accepting of everybody's religion as valid. 
And we hear that kind of stuff, and it starts to sink into our mind, and we say, well, at least they're spiritual people. And that can get down into our heart then, that now the truth of what God says, that salvation only comes through Jesus, for he is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, gets stomped on. Then that same kind of thought uh, comes into the way we live our lives. And they'll say to them, but don't judge somebody else about how they want to live their life. And it's what the person wants. And you've got to think of yourself, you know. You've got ahead and you, you have to get ahead and you have to be happy. So do what it is, whatever it is that you have to do. If it means some dishonesty or so, some toughness toward other people, that's okay as long as you are getting ahead. And in regard to sexuality, we'll just live whatever way you want because it's your body and your life, so don't let anybody else tell you anything. As long as you are good, loving people, that's all that matters, is what they'll say. And so they pit our goodness against our sinfulness. And our goodness is not good. That does not get us into heaven. Only the righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ through faith in him is what gets this, that eternal life. We can see how hearing those kind of things along the path of life can beat down that word of God. And when that gets into our mind and then into our hearts, then our hearts become calloused, hard, and unbelieving. Jesus goes on to... Oh, one other point about that. Jesus talked about the birds coming and taking the seed away. And he said, those birds represent the devil. Let's be reminded that it's the devil who is behind those things because he has just one goal, one desire, and that is to destroy us. We are in a spiritual battle every day of our lives. And we need to be on guard against that hardening, callousing of the heart. Now, Jesus goes on to describe a second heart condition. He says, some of the seed fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Those on the rocky ground, he explains, are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. We might describe this heart as the curious heart. They're interested to know what the Christian truth is, what the Christian faith and life is all about, and, and they're excited when they hear it because it sounds so good. But yet it's shallow and short-lived. Jesus illustrated that with ground that was rocky. Whether it was ground that had a lot of rocks in and only a little bit of dirt, or maybe just a shallow layer of dirt, and underneath was that harder limestone. Either way, the point was that seed could not take root. It started to grow, but it could not go down deep enough to get the moisture it needed to sustain itself. And so when the sun came out and things got hot, the plant simply died. With that, Jesus is describing those who maybe hear the word of God and are excited by what they hear, are interested in the Christian faith and it all looks and it sounds good, but they never get their roots deep into the truths of God. They tend to think that now being a Christian, maybe all problems are taken care of and all of life is going to be grand, but then comes along that time of testing and it doesn't match up 
to what they had as their standard for the Christian life, and then it's something they reject. You know, we've got to be careful that we ourselves don't desire, nor that we paint a rosy picture for people about being a Christian, as if all problems are solved and taken away and there is nothing hard and troublesome in life. Now it's true that all of our sins have been forgiven, that they're all washed away by the blood of Jesus, whether we commit it once or twice or repeatedly. It's true that God's word is a source of guidance and comfort for us in every situation. It's true that God hears and answers our prayers. We have seen evidence of that in our own lives and in this congregation. But it's not true that God will quickly and easily solve every problem that comes into our life. He tells us that there will be troubles throughout life. This is a war that we are fighting. We know what the victory is, the end result. We need to be tough and persevere, digging our roots deep down into the truths of God's Word, not simply having the Christian faith as as a way of, of testing and seeing what tastes good, of what our preference is for this or that, because those trials will come and simply dry it up. Is your heart curious? Is your faith just shallow and short-lived? The third heart condition that Jesus talks about. He said, Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. He explains, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. With this, Jesus is describing a heart that I would describe as crowded. It becomes distracted and then divided. This is a person who believes at first, and it seems that their faith lasts long, but they're easily distracted by the worries, by the pleasures and things in this life, and they want to serve both. They want both God and all of these pleasures. Now, he isn't talking about people who are rich or people who are poor. What he's talking about is, where is the focus of your heart? He's talking about people who want to make the, the things of this world the most important thing to go after and to, vote and to devote their life to, as opposed to seeking first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, which we need in order to be right with God and, and have eternal life. Now, the Bible isn't condemning having riches or enjoying the things of this world, but he does speak, about, speak against those who who seek those things before they seek God, who then have God crowded out of their life. And this can be a threat to any of us Christians who live in this world. We can be distracted by the pleasures and, and by the greed of things, and so we continually need to go and to pull out the weeds. I was just gone for a week vacation. I came back and looked in the backyard. My goodness, what happened to my grass? The weeds took over. They were a foot long already, and I was just gone for a week. It doesn't seem that it takes much to get the weeds to grow. And that's true in our heart, too. 
It's real easy for the cares and the worries of this life to get into our heart and to begin to choke out that faith, that trust in God. We need to continually remember the words of the Apostle John who said, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. A calloused heart, a curious heart, and then a crowded heart. Does it sound like yours? Listen carefully to what Jesus said are the results that come with those hearts. That hard, calloused heart is one that doesn't believe and therefore is not saved. Let's not be confused or doubt what the Scriptures clearly teach. Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and the one who does not believe is damned. Let's not fall for the idea that any religion is fine and will lead us to God. Only Jesus is the way and the truth of the life. For that rocky ground, that, that one that, that enjoys some of the, the, the blessings of the Christian life, but becomes weak and dried up in that time of testing, Jesus said they will fall from faith. They will end up just like the hard rock, the hard pathway where they don't believe. Now Peter, in those words that we read before about the Christian character, also said this, whoever does not have them, that is these characteristics of the Christian faith, is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. In other words, they're just looking at the immediate things in life right now and have forgotten that eternal blessing of forgiveness and life in Jesus. And that third category or condition of the heart, the one that is unproductive, that doesn't grow and gets choked out, that too is representing a heart that's going to fall from God. Peter described that effect too. When he says, you know, if you possess these qualities of that Christian character, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, God wants us to keep growing, that we mature and become more and more Christ-like. When our heart is crowded, divided, and distracted, that growing does not take place. So, we have those three soils there. Do any of them describe the condition of your heart? Now you might say, well, but I'm here and, and I listen to the Word of God. And that's great. You know, all of those people at the beginning of this account were coming to hear the Word of God. And Jesus wanted them to examine the condition of their heart. Because He knew that some would fall away, and indeed some did. Some turned away from Jesus because His teachings were just too hard to understand or accept. There were some who left Jesus because while they enjoyed him for a while, because he could not meet their needs, daily providing for them what they needed in this life, they turned away from him. And then there were some who just could not follow him because they were more concerned about the riches of this life. Listening to the world, wanting the world, 
following the world, all of those things can cause us to forfeit the eternal life and eternal blessings that we have in Jesus. What kind of soil are you? Is your heart calloused? Is it just curious? Or is it crowded? What God is calling us to do is to examine the condition of our heart. Every day, He wants us to look carefully at how we accept that seed, that word, and decisively to know what that condition is. Because He wants us to have a good heart. He wants us to have that heart that was represented by that good soil, one that will grow and develop in his Christian character and receive those blessings of God. So let's take his encouragement now by looking at that fourth soil and determine that we want a heart that will be receptive to the word of God. Here's how Jesus described it. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Now the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by, and by persevering, produce a crop. A good heart. That's what Jesus is saying we should want. But we know that by nature our hearts are not good. Our hearts are corrupt, our hearts are weak. Therefore, we know that having a good heart is something that must come from God himself. That this will be a product of the Holy Spirit. For we know that no one can say, Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. We know that it's God who takes that word and plants it in our hearts, and the Spirit works through it. That's why the disciples prayed to him, Lord, increase our faith. The apostle Paul also described that about his ministry. He said, I planted the seed, and Apollos, another Christian worker, watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. And so we need the Spirit. We need the Spirit to put that word in our hearts. We need the Spirit to water it and give it growth. And that happens when we hear this word. It happens when we receive the sacrament. Because there God comes with his grace, with his love, and feeds our faith. When that happens, then we will have a productive heart. A good soil that will bring forth that hundredfold crop that Jesus talked about. A faith that's living and vibrant. A faith that we can point to and see that's active. A faith that grabs hold of Christ Jesus as Savior. Peter said it this way. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now that's a productive heart. But notice what he said, make every effort to do this. That means hearing the word, receiving the sacrament. It means pulling out the weeds, not being distracted. It means chewing away those birds, the devil with his false ideas and teachings, 
so that that word can remain in our hearts. That's why Peter gave the encouragement at the end of this letter, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the one who came and lived a perfect life for you, the one who laid down his life in your place to take away your sins, and the one who took up his life again to give you eternal life. Grow in your faith in him. Let that faith grow. And what is it going to look like? How is it going to act? How will it live and show itself? That's what Peter was talking about when he said, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. And that's what we're going to look at for the next eight weeks. We're going to take a look at all of those qualities of the Christian faith. But for today, let's just look at the dirty truth, the condition of our heart. And let's give thanks to God that he has given us a heart of faith, that he has given us new life with faith in Jesus as our Savior. Let's humbly accept that word that he plants in us and makes that faith grow as he waters it continually when we hear that word. Let's let that faith grow and produce that godly character that he encourages, that we become more and more like Christ. And finally, it'll lead to a harvest of blessings where we will reap the glories of heaven. That's the kind of funeral sermon I want to preach for you. Amen.